Okay, there's Chewy. So, <laughs> once again, sorry, folks. Another connection issue. I guess it was getting a little too real in here. There's Evan. The internet listens. Get it heated. Shut off. <laughs> so, we'll have to wait for Gerald to come in. And I believe Gerald's the one getting the invites to Nick. So, um, I'll, I'll go ahead and do a little bit of uh, trying to explain Chewie's uh, viewpoint on this. Um, it might be simplistic sounding, but when, uh, when violence is the only thing you know, sometimes violence is the only thing that you will respond to. So like Chewie's saying, he, he starts out cordial, gentlemen, you know, listen to me, please, this, that they're not paying attention or they're purposefully ignoring him. And then he slowly escalates it up to the point of motherfuckers shut up, listen, or you're going to have a bad night. Uh, welcome back, Gerald. And welcome back, Nick. Hey. Hi. So See, I didn't I'll, need I'll... an explanation personally, just because like I have been in bad <laughs> places in the middle of the night before, and I am perfectly aware of how easy you could find yourself responding in a certain way that if anybody's in that situation, it's perfectly understandable and reasonable, but once you're outside of that situation, there's no way to put it in words that makes it look good. Oh, man, Monday morning no. quarterbacking is the thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other thing is, to go back to the other night, everything's good. The individual starts to react. We put body weight on him. One officer, I'm standing on his leg restraint, so the two officers put a knee on each leg and a hand on each shoulder. He freaks out for a second. He de-escalates. When he de-escalates, we get back off of him. And that's the mistake that I believe the police make is once they engage, you get your adrenaline up, you get your irritation level up, and you take the whole fucking day. And I am, a, I am guilty of this with just people in general. I have a really long fuse, and I'm really nice until I'm not. But when my fuse finally hits the end, I remember everything that, that the person that I'm dealing with has done since the last time that I went off on said person. And all those images and irritations of everything else that has happened in that time period play through my head. And I get overly stimulated. I get overly angry. And I just want to choke you to death. Uh, that's an, that's an observation and worth making. Imagine what it is like to be. A, there's a reason why I didn't become a cop. My reasoning for not becoming a cop was a. I don't want to pull somebody over at two o'clock in the morning with blacked out windows and wind up with a bullet in me. A pocket knife, I'll probably live through. Granted, I'm walking through seventy to 140 people every 45 minutes to an hour, who can just casually walk up behind me and put a piece of metal in my kidneys. It's going to happen one day. I haven't hit the lottery yet, but I play it every day when I go to work. That that says something about the prison system in the United States, I think. Um, no, that's any incarcerated place. It's not just the United States. I mean, I mean, then it says something about the prison system globally. Uh, the the potential solutions to how we handle. Uh, policing and and uh, incarceration in the United States is a whole different fucking episode, but no, that's true. Uh, but 
Where were we? You at? were making a point about the knee on the neck earlier before we got cut off. Neck restraint. Uh, so the the knee on the neck restraining somebody on the ground by putting weight on their neck is not supposed to be about just causing discomfort. In the video where he's got his knee on his neck, they've got him in cuffs. If they need to cause discomfort, all they got to do is overextend the shoulders. I, it's not approved, but you could totally just grab them fucking handcuffs and lift, and you're going to put him in enough discomfort to hold his head on the ground. The whole yes, point but you... is supposed to be put <laughs> the knee on the back of the neck to keep his head on the ground, which is an approved method of restraint by the Minneapolis Police Department at the time of the incident. The problem yeah, I but... have, I think the, the point at which this becomes indefensible behavior is when one of his fellow officers looks for a pulse and can't find one, and they don't immediately start CPR. Okay. As a correctional officer and a person that is trained in pain compliance, the shoulders, yes, you're right. It hurts. Takes a pile of force to do. I mean, and it looks even worse on camera because as the common passerby looks over at three cops, all they're going to do is they're going to see three guys not struggling, not kicking, not punching. Not doing anything but kneeling on an individual, which does not look aggressive or painful, which it really is because I've had it done to me. It's like the individual of the night that we slammed on as soon as we tried to put him in a wheelchair to take him to medical for his own well-being. It took me and four other officers to get him on the ground. Because as soon as we tried to put him in the chair, he went crazy. He stood up, started fighting us in handcuffs and leg restraints. If you watch the video, you will see an illegal cross-neck chokehold. You will see an illegal cross-neck chokehold. Just because the only thing the officer can grab a hold of is that part of the body trying to get him to sit down. Eventually... Because the fun part is two of us are trying to put three of us are trying to push him down in the chair and the officer in the front of the wheelchair is trying to put him on the ground and we're not communicating. We're just hanging on for the fucking ride. But once we get everybody together, we get him out of the chair, but he doesn't have anything to block his fall because he's in hand restraints. I weigh 288 pounds. The officer that was on the top of his head weighed three plus and everybody else is in the 260 club. That's a lot of tonnage falling on a man. Granted, it wasn't like we did it on purpose, but he come out, he finally come, we finally get him on the floor. He hits his head on the concrete and everybody. Then I put a leg on a quad and a foot. The other officer puts a leg on a quad and a foot and the two officers on top, put a knee on either shoulder. I even made a, point to look up at the top of the key and I saw one of my officers had his knee close to the V of the man's neck. I said, fucking move that shit now. Either put it there or put it in the middle of his fucking back. Don't have your foot, your leg, or nothing anywhere next to that motherfucker's head. I don't want no bullshit. And that's fair. Hmm. Um, I'm, I'm, I, I, I hope I haven't said anything in the course of this conversation to make you feel it's necessary to defend yourself or your actions. I think no, I, I still no, maintain that you. threatening to kill a dude. I can see how that I can. And I see how <laughs> other people might see that as potentially excessive. But 
I've heard your reasoning. Oh, it is. And I mean, I haven't been in that situation, so I don't know. But the fucked up part is, I'm agreeing with you. Right, and that's that's part of my point. Is in the case of George Floyd, okay, you put an E on his neck. You've been trained in this. It's an approved method of restraint by the Minneapolis Police Department. From the outside looking in, right, this is this is all defensible until you can't find a pulse. And you continue kneeling on his neck for an additional two minutes and some change. And you have to be removed from his neck by the EMTs that show up on the scene to cart him away because there's been a medical emergency in the process of an arrest. Yes, I agree. Um, I I don't I don't know about y'all. I don't know about corrections. I I served five years in the United States Marine Corps as for fuck's sake. An avionics technician. I fix radar and displays on F-18s, Harriers, avionics equipment for V-22s. I'm not a combat arms guy. But I was trained in how to properly administer a blood choke. We're not allowed to do that. You're not allowed to. You, right. You, you were touched on that a little bit. An illegal cross-neck choke, right? I yes. can see. We used purpose. to be able to do it, but we're not allowed to do it anymore because it looks like you're trying to kill the guy. It's not anything to do with body movement, combativeness, and trying to stay alive. It's, oh, no, because it looks like you're trying to kill him. And that, well, he's I, trying to kill me, motherfucker. I, I can take an <laughs> exception with both sides of that argument. I can see a situation in my brain in which the appropriate and judicious use of a blood choke de-escalates the situation. But, I mean, we're, we're at a point in reality where you have to recognize that George Floyd was on the ground with a knee on his neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds. And it looks, like, it looks like from the outside, you look at both coroner's reports, look at the police reports about the situation. The only reason I can think of from an anatomical standpoint that this man would have fallen unconscious during the event is because I've got a knee on his fucking neck. I've got <sighs> my knee up against one carotid artery and I've got the other one pressed into the asphalt It only takes eight to 10 seconds to render a man unconscious. If you're restricting the flow of blood to his brain at the point at which he becomes unresponsive, it is my job to get him to be responsive again or do everything in my power to do so. I should be administering CPR. I should be trying to save this man's life. He's no longer responsive. We can't find a pulse. As far as I'm concerned, I'm saving a life at this point. This man's been arrested. He's in cuffs. The EMTs are on their way. The rest of the process can happen after my involvement in it. Paperwork's going to have to be done. But when you're kneeling on a man's neck and one of your brothers steps over and tries to find a pulse and can't find one, you keep kneeling on his neck. That's the point at which becomes second degree murder. That's the point at which I can prove intent. Well, Pounds of man meat on top of this man. So what the fuck you need a knee in his neck for? Well, this is kind of my point. As the, there's always waves in a use of force of people calming down, getting pissed off, calming down, getting pissed off, calming down, getting pissed off. As soon as the individual, we got him to calm down, even after he got on the ground, you can see us go from knees on body to hands on body. As soon as he comes back up, I tell everybody, put your knee back on him until he comes back down again. And to me, that's an acceptable use of pinning force. You still need a hand on him, but you don't need to have your whole body weight on him. 
I think where they fucked up is if you're watching the video, yes, he's still hollering and talking, but he's not he's not putting he's forth not. any real physical effort to get up or get away. He's just running his mouth because he has every right. Cause somebody's fucking knee is on his goddamn neck and he's on concrete and he's uncomfortable and it hurts. And it was an overreaction to whatever may have happened or started it, whatever they should have deescalated and went to a hands-on body hold. And if he had gotten aggressive and tried to roll away for them, he's already got him pinned against the fucking truck. Anyway, the truck is acting as a mechanical fucking device to keep him from moving around anyway. Put your take your leg off the band, put your hands back on him. But uh, I don't know any way to because you this whole thing with people go, well, you got bad apples in every bunch and blah 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 blah. No, you have gun shy terrified human beings that a if they see somebody that's an asshole that is hyperly aggressive who goes out of their way to hurt people in a use of force that's their they believe that's their job this is their opportunity to get their get back for everything that's happened in the last month and a half if you report said people or deal with said people there is a blue blacklist that you get put on, and I don't care who's out there and tells me different. If you report the person standing next to you that's supposed to keep you alive, when it comes down to that point, everybody has self-preservation. It's baked into your DNA. They don't want to do it because they're afraid that next time something goes wrong, they're not going to come or they're not going to come as fast. We touched on oh, this earlier, gonna... too. Um, yeah, I was about to say, yeah. that was brought up by uh, Nick. Yeah, we, Nick. we were talking about a conversation I have frequently with my father, who's a 40-year veteran of both the, the civilian law enforcement community and uh, the military law enforcement community, and now operates as the editor-in-chief for Officer.com. Uh he tells a story about when he was working for, I think it was Fairmont Heights. I could be wrong in the late eighties. He dimed out to internal affairs, you know, eight of his fellow officers for a, an abuse of force or misuse of force, police brutality, made a report, all that good nonsense. And for about a year afterwards, uh, I don't remember if he quit working for that agency, moved to a different one. I don't remember if it solved itself, uh, but he filed this report and before internal affairs could even see it, his corporal made copies of it and distributed, distributed that shit to the entire police department. And for about a year afterwards, he couldn't get backup. And when he could, he couldn't get it in a timely fashion. Yep. And that's a big problem with the police community, with the police mindset in the United States, is that even when cops fuck up, man, the, the good ones in the bunch can't say anything about it without risking their careers or their well-being in the pursuit of those careers and the pursuit of you know executing their duties as a police officer. Well, I believe everything you said except for one small detail. What's that? It's not a police community problem. It's a human problem. Because it, it's, in, it's in every facet of your life in whatever job you do. Oh, certainly. If somebody goes and says something mm -hmm. about I don't care if you work in a fucking office. 
tell a phone, tell a friend, tell a CO is what I always say. As soon as somebody finds out that that motherfucker over yonder is spilling shit that he shouldn't be spilling, it goes to the phone. You tell your best friend. That best friend picks up the phone. It goes around the world in about 35 seconds. And you're right. But I would point point to this as being a problem largely because of the divided society we live in. We do a lot of work. Politicians do. uh, Individuals eat that shit up. Dividing people into lines. Different sides of an argument. We're divided Hmm. along political, racial, religious, class, career, pick one. There's going to be somebody across the aisle from you that thinks thinks you're fucked up. And there's going to be people that think the way you do on a specific issue where if you switch sides, change your mind, have a discussion. Traitorous whore. Right. They will bad talk you to your fucking grave. I maintain that this is an unacceptable mindset for people in the police profession to have. Especially well, the police if, profession if, has been baked into a black and white ideology as soon as you go put the uniform on. And that's a problem. If, if, if the police themselves don't have any power, either officially or unofficially, to handle situations where you have misconduct on the, on the part of a police officer, then the, the situation can't be solved within the police system itself, within the justice system itself. You have to start looking at, like, fucking reform change the nature of the police system itself, change the nature of the justice system itself, do something different. How is a discussion we haven't started having third party dog or third party watching or what, what, how do you call that? I mean, we already kind of have that cell phones and everybody can live stream to Facebook or YouTube or Twitch or whatever the fuck, right the fuck away. It didn't. Yeah. But the problem with that is it's nothing like, an official level that they have to answer to. It's just, we hope the public sees it. And let's right. be honest, there are tons of videos like that, that you probably barely heard of, probably don't even know about before George Floyd happened that were very similar. Mm. Well, there was the gentleman in Alabama that got shot six times in the back while running away from a police officer unarmed. Uh, there was the gentleman, in me- me- what was it? Missouri last year. Uh um. You talk about Ahmed Aubrey, the guy that was out jogging. No, no, no. The gentleman that was in his car who had a concealed carry permit where the law enforcement officer shot him when he went to grab his wallet to produce his concealed carry. When he told the man, I have concealed carry. It's in my pocket. It's on me. I have my card. His girlfriend was in the passenger seat. His her daughter was in the back seat. And he got shot like three times or two times from a scared, terrified rookie officer. Mm. Oh, my God. He said he had a gun. Oh, my God. His hand moved. Bang, bang, bang. I mean, there's if mm. if that situation unfolded exactly as you've presented it, because that's the information I have available to me. It's the first time I've heard of it. There were mistakes made on both sides. I know as a concealed carry permit holder that, man, if I get pulled over, I am doing my level best to have all of everything I need to present to this police officer in my hand and both of my hands visible on the wheel, on a door frame, something before he ever yeah. gets to the door. And the first thing I'm saying to this man mm-hmm. is, hello, officer. Thank you for being professional today. I have my driver's license, my insurance, my registration, my concealed carry permit to hand to you right here. My gun is in the center console slash on my hip slash under my ass slash wherever the fuck it is. 
I would appreciate mm -hmm. it if you would give me instruction as to how you would like me to handle this situation. Uh, I agree with you. So, I but, mean, if he, if he didn't have that shit ready to go when that cop came up to the window, I would say that's a mistake on his part. Does it mean he should have been shot for it? Fuck no. No. <laughs> But the thing is, is... Well, also, I think what you may be missing there, Nick, is there's a possibility that the reason why the guy came to the conclusion that he's got a gun I should shoot is because he actually was trying to do all that, which is, I don't know the situation either, but I do know situations where it's like got, someone is trying to do it all, just like you said. Busted taillight, the officer was questioning the people in the car, uh, they always get to the part, do you have any firearms in the vehicle? Well, yes, officer, I do. I have one on me right now. I have concealed carry. If you would like me to, I will reach into my pocket, get my wallet, because you need my identification anyway for a traffic stop, even though I am a passenger, and show it to you. Now, one or two things happened. Either the officer at that time said, no, 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 no. And the individual was already in the process of, hey, I've got it. Let me show it to you. Don't move. Don't move. Don't move. Bang. And I almost guarantee you that's what happened. Man. You get in the middle of a movement or get in the middle of doing something, which is to, in your head, completely non-aggressive and compliant with all the things in the checklist of this is a normal action. But when you're a cop, Y'all, half of y'all were active duty military. Two of us. There's well, like four of y'all in the chat, right? Yeah, it's half. Okay. Besides you, like discounting you. <laughs> well, I was never brave enough <laughs> to be a professional bullet catcher, okay? I was never brave enough to be in the military. I will never know. I was a chicken shit, piece of shit, never did it. I, that's unfair but, to you, man. Like, like, in all honesty, all right, I joined the Marine Corps in 2006 and signed up to be an Arabic cryptologic linguist, failed out of that school, got sent to avionics. I spent five years in the Marine Corps, two whole years of it in training. Yeah, I went to Afghanistan, and yeah, I performed duties outside of the, the general description of my MOS. I spent 30 days escorting cur uh, uh, classified equipment between Kandahar and Helmand province. I spent 30 days as a designated marksman on a controlled entry point to Camp Bastion and Kandahar Province, Afghanistan, or Helmand Province, Afghanistan. Uh, well, but I didn't volunteer. I didn't sign up to be a bullet catcher. <laughs> well, my, David, hmm. you did some active digging around, right? You got shot at? What do you mean? Okay, never mind. Like I did. No. Thankfully, I never had to fire a shot in anger unless I was uh, pissed off with my well, uh, score. At basically, the, the point I'm trying to make is when you get – every time I go on the floor at work, and this is the only context I could put it into, and it's not a good one because policing and corrections have nothing to do with each other except for the interaction with the person and how you either go – up the scale or try to bring it down the scale. But every time I go on the floor, I know I'm rolling dice right. with my life. Every time I have a conversation or an interaction with an inmate, I know I'm rolling dice with my life. So you're already in a pre-adrenaline mode before you get there. This is and uh... if you've ever been around, I, I noticed that, you know, we have one X active duty military person that works 
with us out yonder. He went to Afghanistan and all that good jazz. He does it to a more ex- greater, quicker extent than other of us that were not initiated in that particular baptism. But you, when you go out there, you're on, you're ready for the switch. You have to go from completely calm to 180% or 100% of whatever it is you have. If something goes wrong, you always have to check your corners. You have to check while you're walking. You have to monitor body language. You have to be on edge for 15 to 20 minutes every fucking hour or every half an hour, depending on who your sergeant is and how he wants you to make rounds. And what happens is that eventually over the years puts you into almost a constant fight or flight reaction. And the proper term is hypervigilance. Okay. Yeah. But that (laughs) what happens is you get in that mode all the fuck time. And when something pops off, you go from zero to a hundred and you don't think, and if you don't have enough time yeah. on the job, so your head and your fucking ass don't get into a goddamn argument, you make monstrous mistakes. This is- and when I say your head and your ass, I mean, if you're new on the job and somebody tells you to do something in a quick, aggressive manner, your brain turns on and you go down the fucking mental checklist of, okay, I got to go over here. I got to do this. 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 But if I do this, I can't get to do that. And then you stand there like a fucking dog, a deer in headlights for five minutes when we scream at you to fucking move. But after you've done it for a while, it's like working out or a defensive routine or a martial art or yeah, it becomes a, an automatic muscle memory movement. And this is, uh, and for in the, in the current climate of policing and of incarceration, I assume, in the United States, I can't say that this is inappropriate to how things are being currently handled. The problem we run into is that because of the training, because of the situations we're intentionally putting police and correctional officers into, that is the only way things can be operated. If we have appropriate reform that I'm still currently educating myself on the options of, all right, please do not ask me for specifics. This is another episode. (laughs) We can all do research. We can all educate ourselves. We can have an intelligent, rational discussion about how we could be handling policing, how we could be handling incarceration differently. But it, it is to me lamentable that we, to my perception, right? I, I worked 30 days as a designated marksman, on a controlled entry point to a military, an active U.S. and NATO military base in Helmand Province, Afghanistan. And I was expected to make a judgment call every time I got behind that gun, every time a new truck, a new car comes through that fucking entry point. I'm on overwatch. I'm watching the MPs on the ground, search a vehicle, search people, put them in flexi cuffs, put them on their knees, put them on their face, whatever the fuck they're doing. I'm expected at a moment's notice to make a judgment call whether or not I need to take a shot and kill a human being. Correct. Now, if that's the kind of position we're putting people in in policing and fucking correctional work. You are. I would make the argument that this doesn't always need to be the case. There's a lot of situations police are expected to respond to where life and death is 
probably part of the job. You're going to a domestic dispute. Domestic violence has been reported. You're going to be reports of a fight or gunshots. Yeah, sure. Okay. Maybe there's going to be a lethal threat presented or a threat of serious bodily harm that requires potential lethal force from me. But not every situation the cops are required to respond to has any indication of that. George Floyd, potentially guilty of passing a phony $20 bill. In what world should I go into mm-hmm. that situation expecting I might have to kill a man over a phony 20? They weren't. And it, what happened was is he became mildly upset and they went 100%. Right, but even... Even looking at the video footage, some of which I've seen, all of which you've apparently seen, there's never a point. <laughs> like I, I haven't seen evidence of him resisting arrest. Just disclaimer, that's me, right? Haven't seen that part of the, 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 the shit. You've seen the handheld eight-minute video of him on his neck? I've seen the handheld eight-minute video of his neck, and I've seen what are apparently pieces of the local CCTV footage, as you've described it eloquently, the fixed-wing footage. Of cops fighting him in a car. Sorry, work term. Dude, you're fine. I was a I was a rotary wing aircraft technician, <laughs> so I have different connotations. But um, I, I've seen footage of like cops wrestling him in a car, but I haven't seen video of him like on camera re- resisting arrest. I'm not saying it didn't happen. I'm yeah. saying I ain't seen it. Um, well, where was I going with this shit? Uh. <laughs> Making a life and death decision <laughs> at any random generated point over a twenty dollar bill. That yeah, like that. I don't think it it can or should be accurately said that Officer Chauvin or his partners went into the situation expecting to need to make a life to de- life or death decision over a man who was accused of passing a phony twenty dollar bill. The, the the handling of restraining him, the handling of use of force against him was was incorrect. Yes. And unfortunately, we're seeing a trend of this with the protests. We've covered before you got here. We talked a lot about uh, abuse and misuse of force. We have a lot of yes. police on video in Minneapolis, Chicago, Columbus, Los Angeles, D.C. misusing what would otherwise be less than lethal force. Rubber bullets aren't designed to be fired at people's faces or fired at people directly. No, they're supposed you. to fucking skip them off the concrete. Tear gas canisters are not designed to be fired directly at people line of sight. They're designed to be skittered off the concrete or fucking lobbed overhead. Well, they're incendiary and they have an excessive, a fairly good amount of force when they come out at the end of the Right, launcher. which makes me really kind of upset when you see uh, like, a cop on video in Minneapolis shooting a protester 15 feet away directly in the face with a tear gas canister out of a 37 millimeter launcher. Comcast is a pile of capitalist shit. Well, okay. So I was about to respond to you on chat. Um, All cable companies are piles of shit. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, so our, our, if we had cable, our cable, our internet, and our phone service all comes through uh, Bechtel Communications. Speak of the fucking devil. Here comes work. Hey, can you come in and Hello? work for 16 hours? Hey, how are you? So, again, Short. listeners, I'm sorry. Uh, another technical issue. I reset both my fucking phones. And, uh, again, my, my non- a cellular data phone was the one that picked up first. So no, uh, 
Hey, short are you, man? Also, um, I'm already planning on splitting these recordings into uh, an episode two uh, zero two oh, two two okay. and zero like, two two five. I mean, shit, we usually like, run like uh, six down. <laughs> two episodes ago, we when have three people got nine no, dorms every night. It's great. I don't even know In, what the fuck's going on right now between the two of you. I don't know if we'll be able to do it today. <laughs> Yeah, have a great day. <laughs> I'm sorry about the work interruption. That's fine. Chewy, how well, are you now? Well, it's okay. It's okay. We we know they don't care about the podcast. So. <laughs> mm. Those heathens. And exactly. Those goddamn heathens. Doing uh, their heathen bullshit. What pisses me off is there one person down and he's calling me at the fuck house. My shift runs five to eight every damn day. And yeah, no. Mm. Okay, anyway. so I'm not sure where we left off because uh, in during the interim, I uh, took some of the tasty ground beef stew I've been making, took it up to the wife along with a ginger ale. She says it smells good, but I think she's just placating me. Wait a minute. It's probably been a while since she ate, ate anymore. So, anyways, uh, if anybody <laughs> remembers where we left off, I, we're just going to skip over that. All right. I, I, yeah. Well, I, I, I honestly didn't hear what you said. I like, thought I she heard something. Eat anymore? Oh yeah, yeah, she can. You know. It's uh. That sounds she... awfully unconvincing, David. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She can. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she pushed <laughs> uh, two years ago, where she couldn't eat beef, and the times that she tried. Uh, ended up being uh, four to five hours in the hospital getting her um, you stomach know, antihistamine pumped. treatment. No, yeah. no. No, not stomach pumped. Like they'd give her... Um, she's, she's allergic to red meat. Was. Are we talking that about passed. that tick-borne disease? Yes, okay. alpha gal. Yeah, my uncle had that. Well, I'm glad you can eat meat here. That's before good. figured out what it was. Yeah. Yeah, well, that uh, well, Nick, you're 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 new into the uh, into the metric fuck ton laundry <laughs> list of problems that I've been having over the last three years. So, yeah, at some point, I'll I will clue you into all of those, but not right now. It's all good. I also don't and remember Gerald, exactly where the fuck we were at. And Gerald, I'm sorry, I've already broken into the beer. Uh, just two, two. I'm on my second one, but it's also six thirty, and we've been doing this for three hours. So okay, yeah. thank God well, I'm I a mean, bartender. Never mind the fact that I'm on my fourth rum and coke during this podcast. Well, this for, podcast for you, is brought to you by alcohol. Unofficially sponsored, aren't by they Taylor all? Jerry's spiced. Rum. I know. I was about to say, aren't they all though? <laughs> Where Is random thoughtful conversation comes from to with us by alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> Man, alcohol gives you all the thoughts for random insights and intelligent conversation. Now, I'm the bartender. Now, to be fair, <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, I've I've been doing my best to not get shit faced like I used to while podcasting. That's one of us. Well, I would just be glad if you quit getting <laughs> shit faced while playing Destiny. 
<laughs> I'd be glad to do not playing, playing Destiny. Anyway, uh, well, you know, your your opinions are are noted and duly dismissed. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost fair. Hey, you sound like the police force. <laughs> we have we have listened to an in depth analysis of the problems you would like to make us aware of, and decided that we don't give a fuck. <laughs> Pretty much, uh, we we have uh, we have investigated ourselves and cleared ourselves of any wrongdoing. Right? <laughs> Fuck. But yeah. yeah. So, what does it um, say that the two of us who are drinking during this podcast are military veterans? Uh, alcoholism runs in your family. Well, okay, so so there there's this there's this kind of inside joke that I've heard. When you serve in the military, you come out with two of three things. A divorce. No, 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 no. A divorce, bad credit, and drinking. Oh, well, fuck, I have two out of three of those. I do, too. Drinking and bad credit. Me, (laughs) too. Cheers, motherfucker. Let's drink to that. Oh, yeah. No, we were talking about the the overt use of what is called less than lethal implements, shooting oh, people with tear yeah. gas canisters, rubber yeah. bullets, people sitting on well, their front porch just being accosted by a squadron of police officers going, go in the house. What? Go in the house. What? Light them up. How do you take the peaceful out of a peaceful protest? Tell you it what, takes that's one exactly dipshit. One dipshit. I mean, I've been telling me, and my little brother have been talking to my dad about this for the last since it started. And we both maintain the position that all it's going to take is one scared as all fuck, barely trained 19 year old National Guardsman for the next Boston massacre to happen. I thought it was the Kent State shooting. Uh, Kent State. I mean, the people who are protesting today, by and large, don't remember that Kent State or Ruby Ridge or Waco were things. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Which okay. is kind of sad. Uh, that, that's a big hodgepodge of ideals right there. The, yeah, however, the difference. Those of us on the podcast do remember those so, things. I mean, Waco and Ruby Ridge and Kent State were instances in which the federal government or the state government deployed military or paramilitary force against three separate groups of people with three very different ideologies, ideologies. and points of view. What they share is an overuse of force by the state or federal government in response to demonstrations or actions by people holding on to those ideologies. Okay. I have one question. And I want Gerald to answer it. Mm. Uh oh. You're in the hot seat. Does anybody remember the fucking dumbasses that took over a fucking federal uh, nature preserve nature preserve over cattle lands and shit a couple years ago the bundies i remember that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. uh you have those idiots and do y'all remember a couple months ago where they had corona protests at a capitol building where people carried in open carry firearms into the Capitol building. We touched on this earlier, as a matter of fact, or at least I did. 
okay. I made the yeah, observation uh, over and I made the observation that several weeks ago we had a whole bunch of angry fuds with guns protesting at state capitol buildings over public health measures. And last week we had a whole bunch of black dudes with guns protesting George Floyd's death on the Capitol building in Lansing, Michigan, and nobody fucked with any of them. But we've got a constant trend of misuse of non-lethal force by police in Minneapolis, Chicago, Columbus, DC, Los Angeles. And the only conclusion I can come to is that if you want a peaceful protest, everybody who's protesting should be armed. Mm. Well, this or, was the you know, have I was the cops who are like Gerald. willing to talk. Because <laughs> we did point out also that there are places where the protests uh, went off just fine without a hitch, and those are places where the cops were like, basically took the protesters' side. And I mean, it, yeah. there's been places where the it, protests it's... went off without a hitch, but that's like, Bismarck, North Dakota's had three demonstrations. And nothing went wrong until after the scheduled end of the protest, and we had counter-protesters in Bismarck. A whole bunch of people, I, and by the way, like, Bismarck, North Dakota is like one of the whitest places on Earth. Actually, you brought up something I find hmm. interesting because a similar thing happened here where things uh, I'm in Raleigh, North Carolina, and things didn't really start going bad until the actual protests were starting to disperse. Right. Yes. And then you've got shitheads that stay after the protest. And you've got shitheads that are counter protesters that get into some kind of conflict with each other. We had people driving mm -hmm. by the protesters in North Dakota waving Wehrmacht flags out their fucking car windows. So you got people. That's just Wait, retarded. <laughs> oh, oh, um, I'm I'm gonna derail this just for podcast, a minute, bud. only because I haven't. Well, I mean, also I haven't done a whole lot of talking. <laughs> also true. Um, this is true. You've been you've been very quiet. Well, like I like I told you uh, before, one of the uh, the connection issues. I really don't have much, but. Um, devil's advocate views to offer but uh so um i had i had put this in our trello because i i use i use the app trello to um put what we're gonna have in the episode and then a, a list of topics we can discuss in future episodes one that i had wanted to bring up but we just didn't get to it was the star wars mary Sue. No, that's going to come. <laughs> that's that's going to be its own episode where everybody's going to join in and we're all going to talk about that. Yeah, that that's going to be a thing. But no, it was it's idiocy and like idiot like political idiots like the jackass doing a uh, open up Illinois protest and he was holding a sign that said our bait mocked fry. Uh, mocked fry. Yeah, so if you don't know what that is, that Latin. was on the gate. That's German. No, that's German. <laughs> it was on the gate to Auschwitz. Oh, yeah, work will set you free. Yeah. Uh. So so this jackass decided, uh, you know, we're, we're protesting open the state back up, and I'm going to use work will set you free in German as my – Battle cry. As my sign slogan. So, so that's not a dog. I'm just waiting for a lot of these people to have that. Uh, are we the baddies moment? They won't. It's probably never going to happen because they don't. They, they've but, already like. Here's the problem with white supremacists in the modern day and age. 
white supremacy had its moment. <laughs> there was a, wait a minute, there's a problem now? <laughs> like, okay, has it been a problem be, to begin with? Beyond the fact that white supremacy exists, <laughs> okay, the problem with expecting that white supremacists will eventually see reason and understand that they've been fucked up the entire time is that the moment for white supremacy to decide whether or not they were the bad guys was in 1945. And they see didn't what I mean. So Nick, I the funny right, thing Nick, is, finish, I finish I don't your... expect them to say that like uh, to have common sense. I just expect them to like look at what they what they're putting on, like very much like that classic British comedy skit, where it's like they don't even think about by thinking about their ideologies or anything like that. It's just that they look at the stuff they're wearing, realize how everything and all of like fiction and history and all that that told them how to visually tell you're the bad guys is <laughs> all the stuff they're wearing and they just look at it that way and just look at the aesthetic and be like wait Hans, are we the bodies we <laughs> <laughs> but we look okay, fabulous so, so I have I have another point to make so <laughs> on on idiocy so that was the side that whatever dude on the right did that shit was fucking wrong. So let's go over to the Antifa dude who was going to sue his grandmother over her wanting to wanting him to give her his stimulus check for rent. I am I am uh, very go back. What? all kinds of confused what? over what the fuck. Make your point. Okay, um, that was a really. I need a description of the situation. No time out. Uh, on the face, as right. it's been des- described, is we have a human being who espouses the Antifa belief structure, which is that we currently live in a fascist or pre-fascist fucking society, and that you cannot fix this with dip- diplomatic political action. It can only be fixed with direct action. That's the Antifa viewpoint. And you have an, you have a person espousing those beliefs, suing their grandmother for expecting him to pay rent when he receives money. <laughs> That's how I understood well, that. You just got $1,200, better... bitch, pay rent. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I saw when, somebody with a sign okay, the other day on Facebook that said, Haiti did it in 1803, it's our chance now. I mean, it was our chance in 1776, but a whole bunch of white people fucked that up. No, no. What happened in Haiti where they killed 90% of the white population, I think, in 1803? It was a slave revolt in Haiti in 1803, and it's the only slave revolt in history that has successfully resulted in the independence of a country. Yep. And it was a, a black female that had the sign up, you know, standing all sassy with one hip popped out. Yeah, let's do this. Well, I mean, that's a fucked up. And I'm sorry, there's my racism no, popping out of me with the sassy but, but black also, lady. But also, it's her racism speaking because <laughs> the problem in the United States with white privilege and systemic racism is not a problem that can reasonably be solved by killing 80% of white people in the United States because that's like 75% of the entire population of the United States. Um, uh, there's 
Yeah, who's gonna who's gonna pay for the welfare? Oh, where there's the my fuck are all the tax out? dollars gonna come from if we kill Jeff Bezos and fucking Steve Jobs and Wozniak and fucking that are paying taxes? <laughs> that are well, paying taxes. Yeah, your tax brackets fucked you up, wrong. Leroy. Um, <laughs> you pay more taxes than Bezos does by well. Miles. I don't know how much I don't know how much in taxes well, Bezos that helps pays, but Amazon as a corporation got more back on their tax return than they paid in taxes, and that's fucked up. Yeah. That's a whole different episode. We could we could spend that's fucking a, three yeah, episodes talking about <laughs> what the United States is supposed to be—a federalist republic. Versus what it is, which well, is a corporate oligarchy. Well, that to me is the most insidious thing about the more racist uh, habits of America is even if we work with the best case scenario that everyone really is as enlightened as they like to think they are and they're not making the same mistakes anymore. It doesn't eliminate the fact that we're still using the same laws, regulations and systems that were put in place to keep those people down and not doing anything really much to change them. So even if we're True. even if we are trying to say we're not doing it for racist reasons, we're still carrying on a very systemic racist legacy. Things don't change. They only transform. I mean, yeah. And and that was that was the big argument I had huh. to make to my my father when I had to try to convince him that white privilege was a thing that existed in the United States. It's like, OK, cool. Even if. You give everybody in 1975 the same opportunities, the same access to education, the same access to social programs, the same access to continuing education and careers and housing, regardless of the, the color of their skin, because of the way the United States implemented this, people of color were at a disadvantage because their, their parents or grandparents or great-grandparents had been slaves and started out at economic zero. And were disenfranchised. Yeah. And were systematically disenfranchised from the I mean, day they right. were freed. I mean, f- fuck. Well, I mean, just to go into it, one, they were supposed to get reparations as soon as the war was over, but uh, Abe Lincoln's predecessor Didn't. immediately vetoed against that. And that's a lot of problems that we never would be dealing with today if that you had mean happened. Abe, Link- Abe Lincoln's successor? Yeah, sorry, that's okay. what I'm uh, dumb. You're not dumb. I could easily trip over my own words when I'm trying to say a lot. We at once. all do. But yeah, his professor screwed that English over. Language is stupid. Okay, like it's fine. <laughs> yeah, and so there's that. Yeah, stupid, stupid English language with all with your all words your extra and shit. articles and stupid declensions and subjugations but, of verbs that mean things that they wouldn't mean in any other language that's ever existed on the face of the planet. Yeah, but also let's just look yeah, at the times where shit. it started to look like maybe they. I mean, honestly, you want a you want a perfect microcosm of how difficult it is to create a level of success that allows for there to be equal opportunity for black people in this country. Look what happened with Tulsa City. Look at the Tulsa City massacre. Yeah. Uh, I think it's Tulsa City. Wow. Um, you know the one I'm talking about, right? It's like what literally what kicks off the Watchmen HBO series that just came out on Blu-ray. Um, basically, oh, are you, I don't know what you're talking Are you about. working for HBO? So that was a good pitch. Uh, I wish you have any idea how much money and how many boobs I'd have if that was the case. Anyway, <laughs> I just assume you just naturally get like a pair of like bare boobs that just come to your home. The second you sign on with HBO, cause it ain't porn. It's HBO anyway, <laughs> but, uh, mm. no, it's, it's, um, 
this was actually all over the news for a while before everything else happened because you know it's 2020. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh they kicked off. This is an actual thing that happened that there was a play. There's a town called Black Wall Street, and ironic. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was ironically enough mm-hmm. a direct result of racism against them because a bunch of black people were basically all the their white neighbors moved into this town and then tried to cut off all business ties from them. So what they wound up doing is that they just made their own businesses out of it. And literally they were so successful uh, from that, that they, the whole town was basically a whole bunch of black people who were basically millionaires. It really was like, they called it black wall street. Yeah. But what happened was, and the thing is that naturally made their very, very white neighbors jealous and keep in mind, I'm not kidding when I said these people were segregated to this area. So there's like literally just one town of black people surrounded by a whole bunch of white towns. And the second they found an excuse and everything you look at it, I can't remember the specifics. I think it was like they claimed someone was raped, but everything about it is just it, it's literally like all it's missing is that George Floyd style like recording of what was going on for proof that this is clearly total bullshit. Um, they just use it as an excuse to literally go in pretty much kill and murder the entire town, burn it to the ground, and steal all their money and assets. And to this day, pretty much like on a national level, it just got covered up. Welcome to the United States. And I'm like, uh, yeah. Where being black is, you know, just all the reasons you need to not be successful in life. Yeah, just imagine even in a small town. Can you imagine like a whole bunch of black people from a local city or town or something like going into a gated community and doing the same thing? You think that gets covered up? No. (laughs) Like just to show you the inequality in in terms of there and how like even when you are creating something that gives black people as a whole a chance, you still have a whole bunch of people who who just immediately look for the first excuse they can to kill it. Or take it. Yeah. I'll be the first person to sit here and go, yes, white privilege exists because I have been a benefactor of it. When I was younger and almost 18, I was pissed off. Yeah, because I mentioned earlier how I actually came from uh, my family was actually making a pretty decent amount of money. So I actually did get the benefits of white privilege for the longest time, despite my skin color. My thing is this, I mean. I made a mistake when I was 17. I was pissed off at a fucking school administrator that I'd fucking hated my entire life. I grew up poor. And I made, I stole like $45 worth of candy out of a refrigerator at a concession stand at 2 o'clock in the morning. Because I hated that bitch and this was part of the establishment and I'm going to fucking get back at it. Oh, they'll never catch me. Yeah, they caught me. Anyway. Hmm. The only reason why I don't have a record to this day is my mother grew up with the judge. My mother was Mm. my mother. uh, The judge's daughter and I had the same birthday, went to the same middle school and were friends with each other. So basically what they did is they told me to plead no contest. And if I didn't get any kind of even a speeding ticket in the next year and a half, I could have my record expunged and it would never haunt me for the rest of my life. All that is white privilege, redneck, good old boy, cop connection. If you took a black person, in my opinion, and stuck them in the same situation with a white judge, you would not get the same treatment. Just my opinion. No, that's that's 
all but proven in practice already. You're right. I mean, like, speaking as a black person, like, if I'm stopped and I just have, like, a small amount of pot in, like, a car, if a car I'm in, I don't even need to be driving the car. I just need to be in it. Like, that's enough to pretty much ruin any chance of a normal life right there. And that's a minor offense. Or what should be a minor offense. But then again, how many times do we find out like you said, somebody who's white and doesn't even really need all that much of a connection, but they have like far more drugs of a far more dangerous nature on them because they're at a party or something. And next thing you know, you get a, you get a judge who's like, well, I don't feel like we should ruin this person's life for a small little thing they did in their youth. <laughs> they only had like half a key of Coke. It's See, fine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they had five grams yeah, like of that. crack. Give them 500 they, you years. You see problems yeah. like that all over the system. Uh, I'm not going to defend the man's action. I'm, act, the man's actions I'm about to express, but I got an uncle. Uh, my uncle Gary came back from Vietnam, where he had enlisted in the Marine Corps to avoid being drafted into the army, and murdered the local homosexual hmm. pedophile rapist. He's in jail for the rest of his life, but it came out ten or fifteen years ago that the prosecuting lawyer was gay and his boyfriend was the judge. Uh, Gary's still in jail. Uh, 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 conflict of interest yeah. much? Well, it's only a conflict of interest if you can't hide it. Well, <laughs> that's the thing. There's never a situation where there isn't a conflict of interest. Yeah. Never. Well, last week, Gerald and I were talking about good and evil, and... Well, I, I'm fitting to break everybody's um, heart, but everybody in this conversation is not a pedophile, but you are a hebophile. Time the fuck out. What? Mm. <laughs> it is scientifically proven that all men... Are hebophiles, not pedophiles. I don't know what that second word means. You're attracted to the age group. You're you're genetically programmed to be attracted to the age group of 14 to 17, or in that area, because human beings used to only live about 30 years way back in the evolutionary time period before we figured out science and medicine. It takes 18 years to raise a kid. So do the math. Well, if you're 15 and you pop a kid out. One more. There's Nick and Chewy and Evan. Hello. So, yes, once again, connection issue. Anchor, I've been telling you this. Both Gerald and I have told you this. Get good. For fuck Fix sake. your shit. <laughs> hey, sponsor, do better. Exactly. I might actually even include that in my sponsor message <laughs> if I rewrite it. <laughs> this broadcast is brought to you by a shoddy free app called Anchor. It occasionally takes a shit every ten to fifteen minutes. <laughs> but I'd, like I'd like to I'd like to take a minute to point out that man, I'm I'm guilty of some subconscious racism in this conversation because fuck Evan, you are browner than I ever imagined you being based on your voice. <laughs> That's just it. It's like the first time I met Gerald, I thought he was a white dude. He sounded yeah. like a white dude. <laughs> really? He sounds black to me. Yeah, he, he sounds black. 
and yeah, and what Chewy, welcome back welcome back everybody from the again technical difficulty um uh breaking news the wife loved the ground beef stew in fact right. i had to go up and had to go up and wrestle it from her hands because she didn't want to eat anymore. Shit, call the protesters. Tell them it's all over. It's been settled. The wife loves the <laughs> loves the soup. Exactly. Justice has been brought to the world. <laughs> now, as long as it'll stay in her body and not come flying out of her asshole at Mach 6 later, you'll be fine. I'll give or you some of the best beef stew. <laughs> but, yeah, um, so... To cap, uh, I just want to bring this up real quick, just since we were talking about the horrible injustices in the justice system towards black people. Uh, if you want a perfect example of this, and this is also an excellent thing to give to anybody who's stupid enough to say even now that there are no racial tensions in this country, tell them to look up Curtis Flowers or just the second season of the podcast in the dark. Mm. Wait, hang on. I, I hear footsteps. Well, stop living at haunted houses. But if you're married, you live in a haunted house. <laughs> they sneak up on you at any given time. And bitch. Gerald's not back yet. Hold on, let me see what's going on. He, <sighs> it might have taken a little too long, but yeah. So, um, Evan and I talked about this in a bonus episode. We there's Gerald. Hey, yeah, we talked hey, about Gerald. Gerald in a bonus episode. We just let all the dirt out. <laughs> yeah, no. It was, He's like, totally not the met. black guy who lives in my basement. <laughs> yeah. What's his name? Is it Toby um, or Kunta Kinte? I can't remember. Fuck. Oh, no, his name's God Gerald. damn. <laughs> God damn. But uh for for the for the new person, uh Evan and I met at the preview of Hunger Games. Little did we realize that was more of a preview than we were expecting of what was in our future, but yes. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, the, the Peace Force, at least in, in this age of Can-Am, doesn't wear all white like Stormtroopers. But yeah, so... Because they spend the extra money to color Riot Gear black. Hmm. So uh, I'm I'm going to go ahead and and again because I haven't said much throughout this entire four hours of the podcast I am no fan of the police. Um, Tell me more about your rap career. Um, well, it was it was uh, short and not dis not distinguished quite like my Johnson. That's a. Uh, it's a dick I joke. I believe that's a top. We got it. Well, a, a dick joke, but also a reverse quote from Top Gun. Alrighty then. And now I'm gonna have to watch Top Gun just to look at all the dick joke references. God fucking damn it! Well, you can also watch the homoerotic volleyball game. I'm <sighs> good. I'm so good. Don't, don't, nope. <laughs> don't you all like to be hanging with the boys? I mean, my boys hang, <laughs> but they hang alone. You know, I, I have to. I That's have to make true. sure I don't. I have to make sure I don't step on my boys because they hang that low. Right. There gets to be a real problem when you get old with high flow toilets. <laughs> <clears throat> I sit down to take a shit, and all of a sudden, my balls shrivel and climb up into my abdomen. Bloop. They touch the cold water. <laughs> <laughs> 
Anyway, get to your point, David. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm no fan of the police as evidenced by my, uh, you know, angry white dude solution of next cop that does this, drag him to the courthouse steps and shoot him right there. And Machiavelli was right. It's better to be feared than loved. All that kind of good shit. So, yeah, uh, that's my that's my. Thought. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not a fan of the police as they exist and as they as they are perceived in our society today. I'm a fan of what the police are supposed to be, but that's not what they right. are, and it's not what they have been for a long time, and that's the problem. Right. And <sighs> as as I had said uh, before, but not everybody was here. Gerald knows this. I've been arrested at least once, and. The last time, the cops were literally walking bags of dicks. So, I uh, um, well, there. I have to point out what the word literally means for a second. There. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, go for it. Yes. Uh, yes, so yes, we you, know. <laughs> Because uh, I think you need to make it clear for those in the back that no, there are not actually sentient bags of dicks living in the universe that are arresting well, people. Time out, because because I th- this is a perfect opportunity to point out that as a result of the internet culture, uh, Merriam-Webster amended the definition of the word literally to alternatively mean figuratively, because nobody uses the word figuratively in conversation. So, like, literally, the cops were just walking bags of dicks. According to Merriam-Webster, means the cops were figurative walking bags of dicks. Thank you, sir. And uh, also, I'm going to call Rule 34 on that. I'm sure there's a porn that exists somewhere of literal... Bags of dicks. Bags of dicks that are in the shape of cops. I cannot express how disappointed I will be in the porn industry if there's not. I am certain that after well, this podcast, such a thing will be in production. Will be. <laughs> so speaking of which, Chewy, when do you want to go ahead and do the Tiger King porn episode? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> nope, you can count me right because the fuck that, out of that. that well, they, they've got one somewhere. That shit took off too fucking quick and too fucking fast for them not to be having some, like, Furry cosplay, bestiality, homoerotic, turning straight man gay with meth, like chaser somewhere. I'm not even going to unpack that. Uh, t- Tiger King, <laughs> Tiger King was such a poor representation of white people in Oklahoma, gay people in general, polyamorous people in general, that humanity in general, humanity in general. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go putting people in boxes again. Let's just say fuck it. <laughs> Humanity in right. general. Not white, black, purple, gay, straight, everybody. Purple. <laughs> I'm sure there's some purple shit involved in that crew. Well, okay, so funny you should mention that. There I, I was gonna bring this up in in a chat yesterday, I think, or something. But there's a uh, there's a woman in England who got melanin injections to make herself black. That bitch looks so. Yeah. <sighs> Can well, someone explain <laughs> something to me? And I know why. I, I understand why it has happened. 
because as a species, as a cultural entity, you always congregate and clump around alike and not generally the other. But why do we have to refer to everybody by their fucking skin tone or fucking geopolitical place of origin? Because less than a hundred years same ago, fucking thing. Because less than a hundred years ago, people didn't believe that. And at the founding of our country, we, we for some fucking reason decided that, despite the fact that black people who were slaves were not people. That, yeah, we know. that they were still worthy of representation oh. in our government, and therefore every slave counted as three-fifths of a person for the popu- purpose of population to determine representation. And by purpose of population, I mean for the purpose of making sure their slave owners would have a majority vote on any matter. Yeah, no, if, if you want to look at the answer to your question, the answer, in short, is fucking white people. Well, my question is, that was... 400 fuck years no, ago. No, that was at well, I mean, well, 250. 260-ish. 250. Yeah. Um, yeah. Things don't change. They just get rebranded. <sighs> Why have we not shaken this? I because know we're, great, we're so fixated we're wrong about it to begin with, right? It. Because because and we're is, so fixated on covering up the past, we don't learn from it, so that we don't repeat it. Because rich, the, it's the, like the best answer I can give you is that because the rich people in our society, discounting people like Steve Jobs who made his own fortune, and Bill Gates who made his own fortune, and Jeff Bezos who, as much as I wish his fortune was less, made his own fortune. Uh, the large number of historically rich families in the United States made their money because they were slaveholding families in the United States prior to the Civil War. So well, after the, the Civil War, what you have is people who have money and power making policy and suggesting and influencing policy in order to protect their wealth and increase it. And Okay. The only way they have any historical education on doing so is to hold the black man down, which is why in places like Minneapolis, the interstate freeway that we built in the 19, whenever the fuck, 50s or 60s, I-94 separates the historically white parts of Minneapolis from the historically black yeah. parts of Minneapolis. And because our education yeah. in the United States, the system, the schools gain most of their funding from property taxes and because property taxes are historically lower in black neighborhoods than in white neighborhoods, black schools suck. Well, here's my thing. I understand the systemic ideological bullshit that goes on in politics at a federal, local level where Yes, we want to take all of what we consider to be the bad element and stick them out here so it doesn't ruin our good town, okay? I'm just talking about we still use these terminologies to this day. I don't... Well, the problem, I would say very, part of it is the very very offensive is, in about two seconds. And I'm well, before really you say sorry. That, let me put this out, but I think part of the problem is that we don't use a lot of terminology that makes it very clear what that is. It's like, I think go back to the George Carlin thing about how he pointed out that he thinks a lot uh, before he died, he part of his routine was when he pointed out that he thinks who are dealing with PTSD who went overseas would probably gotten the help they deserved 
because the public because they would have got more public support if they had just kept the term at shell shock like it originally was instead of trying to keep renaming it renaming it so it's taking like the bite out of it yeah well uh and that's kind Why of part of the problem. This is going to have to be two podcasts, isn't it? He, I mean, huh? This is going to have to be two podcasts, isn't it? <laughs> Probably. Well, I already said I was going to split it into two episodes, so yeah. Oh, you're going to have to probably split it into three. <laughs> so, I mean, Chewy. Well, what's the highly offensive thing I'm going to say is this, and it stole from a comedian. I can't remember which one it is off the top of my hand to give them credit, but. Why is everybody a blank a fucking American? Why do we have white Americans, black Americans, Asian Americans, Puerto Rican Americans, Native Mexican Americans. Americans? Why can't we all just be fuck Americans and be done with it? Because the system is not set up for us to put that into practice. Even if individuals don't give a shit. the need to quantify and identify, clarify and classify. American is me. an American, period. That's how it should be. It don't matter if you're black, the, purple, green. That's not, that's not ah. how the system is set up. I'm right there with you, man. I served in the United States Marine Corps, where if I ended up in combat, I needed to be able to depend on the Marine to my right and to my left, regardless of what their race, religion, sexual orientation, gender, or creed was. But as a society, as a government, the United States has not yet managed to figure that shit the fuck out. Then why did it work out so well in Great Britain? It worked out so well in Great Britain because Great Britain abolished slavery a hundred years before we did. So then also, we're like a hundred years we're, behind. Well, not, only are we oh, another, not only are we yeah. at least a hundred years behind, <laughs> we also continued to make policies and inform fucking like, city zoning and education benefits and the allocation of resources in the United States, even after we abolished slavery, was largely informed by white people who wanted we the people to mean we the people who are white. And it wasn't until 1975 or 1980 where we finally started making actual progressive steps towards making that no longer a thing. And it's unfortunately. And then we elected Ronald Reagan. And then Reagan. we elected Ronald Reagan, which, if you if you talk to <laughs> white Republicans who don't believe white privilege is a thing, he was the best leader this United States he, has ever fucking had. If you talk to. Oh, believe me, I know. <laughs> Reagan is Jesus. Don't fucking hate on Jesus, Reagan. Yeah, I know. He was. He wasn't necessarily an idiot. He like well, he had a lot uh, of good ideas that could have. I wish he was an idiot. Uh, yeah. That's really what it comes down to. Because then he would not have been as effective. <laughs> Reagan, uh, I'll put it but, in context like this. It's happening again. Reagan was the perfected Trump. He knew how hmm. to stick to a script. He knew hmm. how to act. He knew how to emote. He knew how to look presidential. Even when he was in his older age and having alcemic problems. He knew how to act. See, he, he, Trump does not know how to act. No, Trump. Uh, so I'm going to devil's advocate here for a second. He's also from New York. And how many New Yorkers do you know that aren't kind of assholes? That's not a defense. New York, New Jersey I actually have matter. met lots of New Yorkers who aren't assholes, but I can tell you this. I do find it interesting how it feels like at least once every month. You'll hear him talk somewhat candidly, and he sounds a lot like an extra from The Godfather. 
We're gonna make him offer. We can't. Re- they can't refuse. No, no, no. We're I gonna... didn't say he was the Godfather. I said he sounded like an extra, like Luca Brasi. So, so, so here's here's the problem. <laughs> He's fucking Fredo. Okay. Here's yeah. the problem with Trump, as I perceive it. Uh, I think I have more respect for Fredo. It's the same. <laughs> the problem no, with God. Trump. <laughs> no. The same problem uh. to a different degree that we had with George W. Bush. I firmly believe that George W. Bush is an American patriot who wants seriously what is best for this country. The problem was that everybody that got appointed to office under him, everybody in his cabinet, during the Bush administration, we didn't have President George W. Bush. We had Vice President Dick fucking Cheney. A mad fucking racist, rich, white asshole was Mm -hmm. the one running the country. Under President Trump, Donald Trump isn't fucking competent enough to run his own goddamn checkbook, let alone the United States of America. We don't have Trump making decisions that actually matter in our country. What we have is Mike Pence, who is an anti-gay, super ridiculous... Oh, we're going to... We're going to bring this up again. We're going to again. I haven't been involved in the previous conversations. I didn't mean to say again, but we're going to bring that up. And I I know that he was part of the shock the gay away movement treatment kind of thing, which is, you know, stupid. Yeah. Um, I just want to bring up real quick something because you brought up like why does like why do we have to go with these titles and all of that? And I put a lot of thought into this in the last year, and I realized that what it is, and <laughs> the current administration is good at doing this with their uh, followers, especially people want people like it when you take something as complex as what's going on all over the world and everything else like that. And they put it into the simplest terms possible because the simpler it is, the more control they feel they have over it. Yep. And everything that's been keeping, and like basically put the, the, all the parties that have been in power since practically this country has started have basically done that by convincing people that their problems are that, the whole situation is far simpler than it is giving them terms that make it seem far simpler and giving them the illusion of control so that they will continue to give that control to them. Well, and they've also framed the narrative where it's not your fault. You're in your position. It's someone else holding you down. It's a mistake of your birth because black people or non-white people are somehow genetically inferior to white people. And of course you're going to be at a lower rung of society because white people are superior to you. Of course we have all the money and better education and all this. Ah, but then it got to a point where they couldn't say that anymore, so they just hinted that's the case. Yep, and then the TV show I will keep reiterating that that point every time you break it up. (laughs) It's not that by being black. I am inferior to you genetically, but let's be honest. They, ha- I have all the same opportunities every white person <coughs> has, and if I'm not super successful and rich and living in the suburbs, clearly that's entirely my fault. Clearly. Yeah. No, that is, and that is the narrative they want me to agree with, which is funny, because too many of them miss this. If the roles are reversed, and we say that about them, they won't be happy with it. Well, but that would involve actually getting them to imagine themselves being in that position. I got my dad to do that. That was fantastic. When I was having the argument with my dad about whether whether or not white privilege was a thing that exists, and he was making the assertion that 
man, I'm white. I grew up in the sixties and seventies. I don't have white privilege. And I'm like, okay, dad, how do you think your life would be different if you hadn't been stolen from your low income Irish family in Western Maryland and adopted out to a, a, a you know, really well off white Italian family in Southern Maryland. <clears throat> you were the ninth of 13 children hmm. in a low income welfare family in Appalachia. Oh, how would your life be different if you didn't have access to the level of education, the quality of education and the resources your judge father could provide to you as part of your adopted wealthy ass fuck white Italian family? Like, okay, white privilege doesn't exist universally. There are poor people in this country who are the whitest son of bitches you ever met. And still somehow they think they're superior to black people because that's a, I would still rather be poor white man than rich black man. I don't know about Chris Rock said it once. He's like, I'm rich. I don't know. And the white Will Smith boy a pretty would good take life. my place. <laughs> but, but, like I was like, hey, you well, want to trade places? He's like, nah, I'll just ride this white thing out. But <laughs> if you make the disparity somewhat less, right? If we stop talking about the poorest white people versus the richest black people and start, start talking about poor whites versus middle class blacks. A middle-class black family has a significantly and statistically proven harder time securing financing to buy a house than a low-income white family. Yes, true. And also, going back to the whole being rich and black, and actually, I almost feel the need to take my joke back. I'm like, well, Will Smith will be a good life, because that does bring up a point I was thinking about just out of the blue earlier today, because Colin Kaepernick has been in the news a lot lately, can't imagine why, um, or the NFL. <laughs> Now that they finally were like, maybe we shouldn't have handled that the way we did. And with all the rest of us were like, really? Uh, but, um, are you sure? Uh, but thinking about that, sure think about, Go ahead. yeah, think about the, what is essentially as, and I think we can all agree with this. It's just one of those things that's so obvious. It's, it's almost impossible to argue. And I think most people, even the most ignorant are not dumb enough to do so. It's made, been made very clear. The fastest path. Yeah. For, to go from poor to rich, if you're a person of color in this country, is essentially you got to be the dancing monkey. Good sport. Because when you look, yeah, because when you look at all the rich black people, what are they rich for? Making music, being your athletes, like being your like being an actor or a freaking comedian. Because man, we're so funny. That's uh, that's the reason why a black person can get into a freaking Michael Bay movie. And you know what the how best funny part about are. that argument is? <laughs> Is when mm. white people make that argument, when racist shitheads make that argument, the point they usually try to make is that, well, you know, black people wouldn't be as successful as they are at sports or entertainment if we hadn't bred them for it. Yep, there it is. Which is the most dumb. That's, that's wait, right there wait, with that guy. No, I will no, never, no, ever no, no. forget this guy. No, no, um, no, hang on. Hang the fuck on. We bet what? the biggest yeah. and yeah, the strongest the to each other. It's no different in breeding fucking dogs. That's how we treated black. You can black do the same yeah. thing for humans. It's genetic selection. Yeah. Well, that's another common element to these ignorant people is this total lack of self-awareness. Because what I was about to bring up is that just immediately flashed to, I remember when there was like all those, I don't even know which protests or what was being protested specifically. There's no racial injustice was involved. And there was, I think it was about the Confederate statues being taken down or whether or not we should keep the monuments up. And one white guy actually said to another black guy, because the black guy said something like, I don't like that your ancestors are my ancestors. And the guy's defense was, there was no way my ancestors 
ancestors and why your ancestors because my ancestors were too poor to own slaves. <laughs> and he completely failed to see how, basically put, he might as well just handed the guy who was arguing with the mic so he could drop it for him. Like, so, yeah. yeah. Because there was nothing else to say. They have that complete lack of self-awareness of what they're doing, what they're saying, or how what they say actively works against them and supports the person they're arguing against. Yeah. Uh, it's because they don't normally yeah. have to argue it. In their circles, it's not a conversation. It's not a self-reflection. They, they divorce themselves away from all of these issues. Uh, you, see it, you see it the most in wealthy, in wealthy people and a lot of wealthy people, even wealthy black people sometimes get to that point. Some wealthy black people even get to that point where they're so divorced from reality and the way things are. They they do they say shit like that. I mean, we did a a, a podcast talking about how Ti checks his eighteen year old daughter's virginity, and we were yeah, like, so Ti, you are getting into the realm of where you're so wealthy, you're divorcing you're divorcing yourself from reality. You need to back up and reassess. <laughs> Right. Don't start doing rich people shit just because you got money. Oh god, that's just this is like the third time I just thought about Uncle Ruckus from friggin' the Boondocks. <laughs> yeah, this keeps like, popping up in my head as an yeah. argument. <laughs> it's like it's like at any joke. moment I'm just ex I just like... suddenly expecting to pop up on the catch. Now let me tell you about them white people and why they're so amazing. We need to stop complaining about how they run this country. They clearly know what they're doing. <laughs> how dare you say those horrible things about Ronald Reagan? <laughs> uh, I I, I really really hope the I really hope that uh, the rumors that another season of Boondocks is coming is true, and that it will be soon and as good as the first two. Boy, seasons. what did I tell you about telling white folks the truth? Uh, that that's yeah. out. There have been four seasons. <laughs> I got well, the whole series I, right next to me right here. <laughs> well, no, there's supposed to be there's the first two seasons, and I think there is the third and fourth season. But there's but that was when uh, that was after. Uh, he basically broke ties with the uh, publishers of the show because they uh, wanted him to uh, make it faster because they didn't think it was coming out fast enough. And he was like, no, I got to take my time because I really think about this stuff. So now apparently there are rumors that the publishers and him have reconciled and they're giving him all the time and resources he needs to do it the way he wants to do it and him being satisfied with it. So that was some that tells was me the, he has uh, Rick okay, and Morty to so thank for that. I'd like to point out, yeah, that was Boondocks originally had hmm, a nine white year people. Run. <laughs> All right, it's not four seasons; it's it's it's, it's a nine year run, and they're not talking about adding new seasons; they're talking about a reboot. Oh Are God, you talking no. about a reboot? I thought they were supposed to no. just they, they were supposed to be doing no. another season. HBO Max has ordered a two season well, reboot for a total of twenty four episodes. That makes oh, sense for two God. reasons. One, the things you can do on HBO that I'm you can't do on that. Adult Swim. No, and then there's the other one, which is you gotta get a new actor for grandpa. Hmm. Because Michael Winterbottom so is dead. like how uh yeah, kind of like how Mako died. So if they were going to do any more 
I wrote they'd yes, have to get... they changed. Didn't they actually do that? No, no, he Didn't died halfway through production. Yeah, and there's like literally a voice actor. His whole career is made out of the fact that he's just been taking over for yeah. Mako or doing a Mako like voice Look, whenever I'm he's not, not available. Saying, I'm yep. just saying, if they want to pay me to do the voice of Herbert the pervert, I'm in. <laughs> well, I'm. I am greatly so, looking hey, forward to when either Troy Baker or Nolan North are, de- are dead, so I can start doing some like voice work for video games. Fucking right. <laughs> hey, hey, Nick, you like popsicles? Got plenty of popsicles down in the cellar. Okay, so <sighs> well, brief. Hey, no, 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 no. Because I'm going to derail this whole <laughs> some bitch right now to have a conversation and competition about who's Herbert the pervert is best. Can you sing no. it? Can you sing? I've had the time of my life. <laughs> Cause I can. Never felt this way before. We've talked racism. We've talked. We've talked pedophiles. This will easily be the most controversial part of this whole freaking thing. <laughs> well, I have a question for Jerry. I've been waiting for so long. Yes. Someone to come along. Get you. We, we, we've we, had this conver- We've had this conversation within the. I feel so dirty. <laughs> <laughs> hold on, hold on. Let Chewy get his. Well, we keep talking about this Let Chewy idea get his thought out. or construct or whatnot, but you, you hit it earlier about how people, you know, nobody sits down and has these conversations because they're not in. Th- Oh, for fucks! You cut out. Okay, I won't what? do it. I promise. I'll Hello. <laughs> do not do this. You made a point. Was the last thing we heard from you, David. Do not do what. Yes. Yeah. I'm wondering if maybe his connection like suddenly like crapped out of something because I remember when the connection crapped out last time. I heard you talking, Nick, but I couldn't respond for some reason. <laughs> well, my point. My question is. How do people outside of the community come into the community and have a conversation? That was an unfortunate mistake of timing. I know. God, that fucking pissed me off. Like, someone was saying something, then everything went quiet, and then on on my Discord app, it popped up the screen that we're having connection issues. I mean, you live in an area where the internet service is about as equal to that as in Tehran. So, you know. Is it? Yeah, yeah, dude. North Carolina is not great at infrastructure. America's not great at infrastructure. I don't know. Bismarck, North Dakota is pretty good at it. That doesn't surprise me. So, yeah. So, anyway. Me, Gerald, Chewy, Nick. um, So, Chewy. Who is this person? Uh, well, no, Chewy, Chewy was I asking a question. Yeah, Chewy was asking a question. Let him ask me that question. I will answer it, and then we can move on. I, I also have something to contribute to the answer, but I'll let you speak first. Okay. Then we'll how, how does somebody outside of the community come into said community to have a conversation about all these interactions and non-interactions without being worried or scared or perceived to be a racist or have a conversation which has point frankly racial issues and overtones in it in a frank manner where they're not worried about getting their head kicked in or being ostracized or committing social political fucking suicide for the rest of their fuck life 
there's no way to really um and that's that's regardless of what subject or who you go to talk about it because that's just the way we are when it comes to really hard questions in which we also have to take responsibility for our own actions and it can <sighs> reflect badly on ourselves um you're going to be drop. just just the way humans are wired What's i mean like on? like yeah. you were saying earlier it has nothing really to do with the training it's humans humans are the issue so all you can are you answering do... his question yeah yes yes so okay. all you really can do it, it really comes down and i i don't like using i, I really don't like uh using this as an example but it's kind of a leap of faith you try to find a place of neutral ground and you hope (laughs) you're talking to are open-minded enough to listen understand where your point of view is coming from and then be open-minded enough to ask themselves if they could have been wrong or contributed to the problem and then be willing to move forward in developing a solution i think you um hold on because every time somebody has a question for people of color, they keep forgetting I'm a person of color. <laughs> you, you know, there are two black people on this. But here. to so. be fair, Evan, I am blacker than you, so it's okay. Oh, oh, fuck! Wow! Well, clearly, <laughs> sir. Clearly, has been thrown. Oh, can, can yeah. I, clearly, did, you did have not have taken a close enough look at my heart. <laughs> does, 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 does the fact that I'm Hispanic not count? Is that a thing? Also, Latinos, I just had some coffee, so I put a little more black in me not too long ago. Latinos don't count because Latinos are the half and half children of black and white people. Okay, so two things. Fuck you, and also <laughs> let the racism flow. I, I'm out. I always I'm thought out. they were I'm strawberry Nesquik. Because, because I, have a, I have an incredibly important and poignant point to make. Gerald put okay. him back in you whenever you want him to. <laughs> oh. oh, none of us needed that. <sighs> So, so, Gerald. I will never be. I feel put upon. Um, get you a well black ass. I, I under, here. Gerald, I understand you don't have any white. Would you like some? So, <laughs> I want to put in my two cents no, on Judy's question, which is that <laughs> because I'm black and he has a black question. Please explain to me. Black, explain. I, I felt. I felt the same uncomfortable sense of familiarity with Get Out that you did. Okay, so, um, but uh, ironically enough, and it's gonna get probably some listeners' ears pricked up, and and hopefully they'll listen all the way through. Uh, all the racists out there actually got it half right. Uh, be upfront and unashamed about what you have to say, at least at first, because the other part you need is that is self awareness. Like I think. All of I think everybody here, we've all had we when we were younger, we had our prejudices and our and our preconceived notions of somebody that we were open mind, like you said earlier, open minded enough, but self aware enough to change and edit as we learn more and more. We're smart enough to realize, like, 
I came to conclusion a long time ago, and this is once again a general human problem. I feel like most adults make the mistake of assuming that they've learned they, they still have a lot to learn, but they've learned enough and use that as an excuse to just stop. But a smart person knows you should never stop learning. You don't stop learning until you've breathed your last breath. Well, that's, that's, there's a, there's <laughs> and a thing a person, about that. A master <clears throat> never stops learning. So, sorry. Continue. Yeah. No, no, no. Yours looks good. But I'm just, that's what I'm saying is just like, it's that self-awareness that you, as much as you like to think you have all the answers, as much as you like to think you understand your world and everything that's going on in it, you have to accept the fact that your point of view is still limited just by your point of view. And when you realize you've crossed a point of view that you were clearly not a part of, like to go with the simplest term, if you're white and you're talking about black people, even if you're black or talking about a white person, there is a moment you have to stop and listen and not just try to take what they say and add it to a narrative that's already in your head. You need to learn to change that narrative to the information right. you're being given. That, that's that's the big point is that we have this this systemic, this ongoing fear that being labeled a racist means you are wrong now and for all time. I, I freely admit that I came up accidentally, unintentionally, on at least on my parents' part, as kind of a racist shit ass. But when you go into a conversation about racism and perception and how people are treated in society, you have to accept that if somebody tells you you're, the shit you're spewing is racist, that maybe they're right. Listen to them. Take their point of view into account. Reassess the way you think about the world and decide whether or not what you've already believed is racist. And if it is, and you'd like that to inform whether or not you believe that shit going forward, make a fucking change. Mm. Yeah. Yes, be Thor drinking the coffee. Like, that is honestly, in my mind, the example to go to is that first Thor movie where he throws down the coffee glass after he had drank it and said another, and Jane is like, you don't do that, it's not appropriate, and his response was to go, Right, like, oh, oh, I, I, okay. I won't do that shit again. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, fuck. Yeah. If, if somebody tells you you're being racist, the response should be like, fuck you. It should not be, fuck you, no, I'm not. It should be, how? Why? Why? Or even worse, I can say what I want. It's a free goddamn country. Like, you I can, can say what and I, I can want. respond how I want. Yeah. Yeah. To which I'll be like, yes, you can, and I can respond how I want. And if you don't like that, you don't like this response, then maybe that's not so the I'm, thing you want to say. Like, mm. <laughs> I shared a link in the I Discord. I can't remember if it was uh, Eddie Griffin or. Well, I know it was a on. black comedian. Hold on, Chewie. Hold on. Uh, Nick was in the middle of saying something, so let him finish <laughs> no, his no, thought, and then you. Go ahead, we'll go ahead. That up. He's fine. I shared a link to a video. It's on Facebook in the in the Facebook Messenger and in the Discord. I think it was the right Discord. No, it was not. <laughs> that, that'll be a funny one if it wasn't. <laughs> yep. It wasn't. It fucking wasn't. Uh, oh. 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 <laughs> Hand grenade thrown. There it is, though. Wait a minute. Where's the enemy? <laughs> uh, but there there it is, though. It's And it's it's it, it touches on a lot of really fucking ugly topics. And I've, I've had conversations with Gerald in the past about the way black people perceive white people and the way white people perceive black people and how that's handled within each of their own communities and with each other. And part of the problem that we continue to have is that white people are raised by older, more prejudiced white people 
so their mm-hmm. early life mm-hmm. and their early perceptions <clears throat> of you know how you perceive somebody of the opposite race is entirely or partially informed by your ancestors' attitudes. Yeah. Um, I had a conversation. I had wrong. a conversation with Gerald, and Gerald, I'm sorry if I'm quoting you out of place here. Where I, get, get. I made observations about my upbringing in Prince George's County, Maryland, as a white dude in a majority black community, and about how, regardless of the situation, when the cops kill a black guy, even if it's it might be justified, like it's not in the instance of George Floyd, that's murder. But there's a there even today there's enough question about whether or not Michael Brown deserved to die that they if that shit's still in the court of appeals. The crime scene evidence, the crime mm. scene diagrams in Michael Brown's case seem to indicate that he might have assaulted the cop and justified lethal force by the way he was doing it. It looks like maybe he tried to steal the cop's gun. Um, and it's it's almost never taken situation by situation, case by case, by the general public. Michael Brown may have attempted to kill a police officer, but we don't wait for the justice system to do his work. We have riots that fucking day. But we don't have, like in the case of George Floyd, video evidence. We don't have body cam available to the public first day. We don't have second and third party video sources available 10 minutes after the fact. And Gerald's exact words at the end of that conversation were words that his dad had given to him was, you know what, dude? And I'm going to say that this is going to be, I'm white and I'm sorry. If it walks like a nigger, talks like a nigger, acts like a nigger, it's a nigger. And that's a perception that I think is as harmful as the conversation that led up to it. Um, <clears throat> so, Nick, you've just been canceled. Sorry. Okay. Considering you're a real father, I can... You can't be using the hard no, R, man. Ha- I will say you <laughs> haven't. Because I, I am firmly honestly, of the opinion but... that when you're yeah. having a hard discussion, <laughs> when you are trying to communicate what the issues are in society, if you are using any word you can in the context that is intended that there isn't any language so offensive you cannot say it in the context of a conversation about the problems with it. Also, um, there's no other way to also, like, well, like I said, uh, we were making jokes about who is more black, but don't believe. No, We've all uh, heard I, that. I basically. think you're remembering wrong, because I don't remember saying that that my dad said that to me, but I do remember that being a part of the conversation. Fair. I have but, a yeah, in my injury. in my recollection, my father has never <laughs> said that to me. Um, I am I am like, well now, known. Disclaimer: will... asterisk for people who are listening to this in the future. I'm a United States Marine who suffered a traumatic brain injury in the course of the de- the, the, the uh, execution of my duties in <laughs> Afghanistan, and my memory is not well known for its reliability. Uh, I remember so, this also as so, being part of the conversation, and I remember it in a different context than Gerald does. This does not mean that there should be some disagreement or argument between the two of us. I defer to Gerald's expertise <laughs> in this situation because he is obviously more qualified to express what he said than I am to remember what he said. I can't remember what I had for lunch six hours ago. 
Wait, you had lunch? Well, uh, I mean, fine. maybe. <laughs> Who the fuck knows? I haven't eaten mm-hmm. since yesterday. That was six. Yeah, yeah we well, probably should be wrapping Oh, damn, that's how up. late it is. I mean, if this was released as separate episodes, I'm all right with this. I got another hour and a half or two hours before I've got other shit to do. I mean, at least that much. Time has been nebulous for three months for me. To to those who would like to go ahead and drop out, you may do so. We won't hold it against you in a court of law. Um, To those who would like to stay, I will continue to moderate and we can make this a four-part uh, episode 22 of season two episode, if we must. How, how, however many parts well, this ends up being, uh, before I forget, I feel like... I mean, before I forget... It'll be like another month before we record again because he's got so much to work with. Is that if it walks like a shithead, talks like a shithead, and acts like a shithead, it's a shithead... And I am I'm, I'm deeply regretful that in our current situation, in the society in which we live, that you can try to make a distinction along racial lines to decide what and what isn't a fucking shithead. Well, I think I think a shithead in itself defies all racial, sexual, whatever boundaries. I don't think if you're a shithead, you're a shithead. Doesn't matter what color you are, what. You got between your legs, or doesn't have between your legs, or whatever. I don't, whatever. I don't think anybody that you're still. I, I don't think anybody in this. Yeah. The only problem is, sadly, the problem is I think this is the point he's trying to make is that if you're of a certain color and a shithead, there's a word uh, for that. The problem and is, there's a reason we try not to the, use in it in this incredibly small subset of society. These five people we <laughs> yeah. have in this podcast, the shithead is a shithead, is a shithead. But in other places in society, a shithead. There's a word for that. If you're a black man who thinks a white head is a shit or white guy is a shithead, there's a word for that. If you're a white guy who thinks black people are shitheads, there's a word for that. If you're a straight man who thinks gay people are shitheads, there's a word for that. If you're a, a dude or a and woman who thinks that trans people are shitheads, there's a word for that. If you like abortion and disagree with people who don't, there's a word for that. If you're a Republican and don't like Democrats, there's a word for that. We we so what if you're what if you're a fence sitter and just equally hate everything? What's the word for that? Oh uh, fuck, misanthrope. Yes, I like that. <laughs> misanthrope. Yes, I am a misanthrope. Then. <laughs> yes. Well, on the fuck word everyone. of the day that everybody loves to you know be skirty and scared of. And I will not say it, but I'm going to say it anyway. What's the difference actually going... To me, it's just as offensive to say the word that ends in a hard R or the the word that ends in an A. No, no. Everybody refers to the word as the N-word. Aren't you basically saying it anyway, just an abbreviation of it, by saying he called him an N-word? He used the N-word. What's more offensive or... Are we giving the word more power by dodging it like this and referring to it in this context? Yeah. Or are we also taking power away that, from it? I don't know. Well, also understand that. So you're going to yeah, have about so two months so worth of uh, material, to, just David. Just to answer that uh, question, <laughs> and come to closing because I'm hungry and I want to get something to eat. Um, 
unfortunately, society is a lot of uh, empty good platitudes. point, actually. Right. <laughs> and you're not wrong. It's not any different from saying it with just saying the word with the hard R or going, oh, the N word. It's you, you know exactly what someone is talking about. They might as well have just said the word, but it's an empty platitude. Um, but a, a change needs to happen, not just in this society, but everywhere. One of the points I was trying to bring up earlier was that this is going on globally, not just because of what's going on here, but because this, like it was said earlier, a catal- this was a catalyst for these protests to happen here and a catalyst for these protests to happen in the other places where they're happening because they're not just protesting George Floyd's treatment. They're also protesting the their own injustices that are happening where they are as well. So there needs to be a severe change in people. Is that going to happen? When is it going to happen? I don't know. They say change comes slow or not at all. They say uh, things get worse before they get better. The so it really is just going to come down to, well, how slow is that change going to be? And during that time span, how much worse is it going to get before it gets better? Uh, I, have, I know the definitive way to get rid of racism. Tell us. Drop Careful, the knowledge. You have to say the it only way it's Freeman's ever going to happen is we're going to have to keep fucking everybody to her all the same color. To where all different. that slightly beige color, and we have a whole bunch of Halle Berry's running around, and the world is happy. Okay, so at the, at the, somehow I you got you you got to keep putting <laughs> it's a hard job, but I think I'm going to do my part. Population is quadrant. <laughs> is that what the fuck you just said? So yes, yes sir. Did. It's a South Park episode. Yes, the goobacks. <laughs> We know, must not rest ha- until we I are mean, a race of Halle Berry. I'm okay with that, honestly. I ain't complaining. To be fair, though. Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Didn't Dr. Strangelove uh, end with that same message? I'm, I'm, I'm stretching my <laughs> brain cells to think back, but I think so. <laughs> but, okay, okay, so... So even having said that, if we're all the color of Halle Berry, there's still going to be people that are like, oh, those short hairs are doing this bullshit, or oh, those long hairs, or the big tits, the small tits, the, the tiny penises, the elephant trunks. They're yeah, all but doing, then it won't be based on you know a visual cue that you can tell from that far away with the dick thing. You have to take down your pants. You know, not many people are going to do that. That depends entirely on the fashions of the time and how tightly (laughs) pants fit. Exactly. Uh. (laughs) Mm, Tight pants. Uh, Well, no, David's got a good point. I mean, we are tribalist by nature and we're always going to just hook into those differences as an excuse to, you know, more or less the hate each I other. Think and is that as that much as it sucks, shitty. the truth is the truth. What are we going to do? The, that's the point. Uh, that well, being I mean, said, though. Also, yeah, it is. And also, God yeah. help no, you. No, it is shitty. If you're Halle Berry colored but with blue eyes. I would. Ooh. Ooh. Mm. They do exist. That's I'm going to search on Pornhub later. 
It's something I'm gonna search on Pornhub later. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm so glad I could help your search results. I am so I am feeling such a strong, strong need right now. I mean to all of you watch Monsters Crawl for Pornhub, some reason. I'm just saying. <laughs> or or the one scene from Swordfish. <laughs> No, the monster ball is much better. I bet. <laughs> better, better. Yeah. A lot more Halle Berry. Yeah, a, a lot, lot more Halle Berry and a lot more screen time. Better is something. subjective. <laughs> more explicit is not. See, this may just be an example that we can all come together under the Over common Halle Berry? admiration yes. and attraction to Halle Berry. <laughs> Oh, I will Apparently, come. she is what we need to bring us all together. But what about the fat well, people? Uh, I was going to say, I'll come over. I'll, I'll come over. Uh, but what about the fat people? What What about the fat well, people? I mean, you can't. You think some fat people would turn down some Halle Berry? Or fat people like Halle Berry, but, too. Right, but what, what about what about what about all the women of color, or you know? what have you that are like, well, Halle Berry, she can't be representative of what is attractive because she's not fat. Yeah. But what's representative of what's attractive is what each person thinks is attractive. So if I find Halle Berry more attractive than you, who might be overweight, Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Great. Until you start bringing race into it. That's the point I'm trying to make. Let me let me point out right now. Yeah, let me point out right now. I, I am what is now called a cisgendered male. I'm a man who likes women. Mm-hmm. I am sexually attracted to them. That being said, if you don't think that there is something insanely attractive well, about Idris Elba, something may be wrong with you. Yeah, you know, there's masculine <laughs> okay. and feminine parts to everybody. This is why I have anal fornication with women and not men. <laughs> okay, yeah. so so let me. <laughs> Let me say this. Evan's not wrong. Idris Elba is a very attractive man. Nathan Fillion, very attractive <laughs> nah, man. Wait, 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 uh, wait, wait, wait. Because, like, I'm not going to lie, the musculature on Idris Elba has made me question my sexuality on at least one occasion. There's never been a point in my life where the dad bod on Nathan Fillion has made me do the same. You've never watched Firefly. I've watched you? every episode of Firefly. But he has so much charm. Times. <laughs> and I got to tell well, you, now, now, uh, that, to be fair, to be fair, my well, lack of actually, Nathan this feeds into my to Nathan Fillion may be less about his comparison to Idris Elba than it is about his comparison to Summer Glau or Jewel State. Uh-huh. Mm. Mm, fair point. Fair point. <laughs> Summer, yes. Summer Glau, Morena Bakarin, Jewel, uh, Jewel State. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That whole female. Crew Let me put it amazing. to you this way. To me, with some people, yeah, to me, with some people, and it's not very few people are lucky enough to have this, but they are to sexuality what Johnny Cash is to country music, which is. So beyond that that you can't really call it limited to just that thing anymore. 
And yeah, I do include Nathan Fillion in that he, because that man is, is Charm City if, all if the way. If I ever met him, <laughs> met him in person, I would have to force myself not to fangirl and uh, and say. <laughs> like, I I'm just not get this image of you humping his leg now. If I ever met Johnny, live. I won't say that a blowjob is on the table. Fishbowl soup. Fishbowl. Dear Mr. Camps, <laughs> may I see your long white oh, train? Bully me or Jerry said that so we can make a man in black joke. That thing is proven true more and more every day. So I'm glad after all the last three hours of seriousness, we've devolved into. Who oh. who is and isn't gay for Johnny Cash is what we've de- fucking devolved into. The important thing is, hey hey, it's and only who gay doesn't want to bang Holly Berry. Apparently, I think it's also we've proven this one. Into. Johnny Cash and <laughs> Holly Berry. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm just gonna come right out and say this. It seems yeah, that's what I'm about to say. Johnny Cash, Holly Berry, well, they bring the world together. I'm just Would gonna there say all be this, some all this way shit. to con? <laughs> No, combine the power <laughs> of Halle Perry and Johnny Cash. Wait, we can have a wait, 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 word of the yes. <laughs> Wait, wait. All right, all right, all right. Calm down, calm down. Let David get his thought out. Not that I condone right. doing it, but thanks well, to okay, the water. So just based off of what I just heard, is Holly Berry the last Highlander, or is that Betty White? Everybody knows Betty White is Mrs. Claus, <laughs> and that Santa Claus was shot down. They sure saw fucking, Keith Richards. Uh, the, what, the North American Missile Defense System in 1968. <laughs> all right, like Betty White doesn't enter into this conversation. She's a mythological creature. <laughs> Who gives a fuck about Keith Richards? <laughs> what about Keith Richards? Keith <clears throat> has been internally mummified by two tons of coke a year. Like seriously, you can't yeah, you, you can't enter Keith Richards into this conversation where you would more <laughs> appropriately enter Keanu Reeves. That man's been alive since like. 1550 or whatever the fuck. Uh, God damn it, now I've lost my other that was <laughs> so, yes, Totally but. not the entire point. Yep. Okay. Uh, if we're going to talk about agelessness, I just have to bring up that Helen Mirren's breasts have not aged Yes, a that's a good-looking 60-year-old, <laughs> 70-year-old yes. woman. What about, uh, well, I know Demi Moore is like 90% plastic, but what about her? (laughs) I think you answered your own question. (laughs) I I don't feel a need to love Barbie dolls. Come to my house, sat on my kitchen table, and spread her legs. I would eat that with pride. Point of order Helen Mirren is 74 (laughs) years old. All right, guys. Like, I'm serious. I'm hungry. So, if you guys are going to continue talking, that's cool. But I you're on your phone. It's portable. So, um, Jerry, Jerry, is that no? I'm Jerry, going into town to get something to actually. That, considering what was said before, consider what was said just before you said that. Is uh, Betty White on your kitchen table right now? That's none of your goddamn business. <laughs> No, wait, wait, no, no. That's none of your God's business. I'd be pained. Gerald and I have totally not signed a non-disclosure agreement regarding whether or not Betty White is present on the kitchen table upstairs. 
<laughs> oh, so you all are taking turns. Gotcha. I didn't know Betty White was down with the train. I mean, how the... Damn it, Nick, don't let, talk about the agreement. Discounting the reality of the situation, let's make an exploration of whether or not a human being can make it to 90-some-odd years old and not get into some weird shit, all right? Like... If you believe Betty White can be satisfied <laughs> by one dick at a time after 90 plus years of living on this earth, you obviously think that there is less disparity <laughs> dick to dick than there might be. I, I think officially broken because uh, yes, yes, you've officially broken up. I, I got no one to blame but myself. Shoot, I kicked off this shoot, train, and I did not mean to say that, and yet it came out. laid out on her back on my kitchen table Ooh. wearing a train conductor's hat. But, but she has she, a Thomas the Train, train tr- tramp stamp right above I the back of her ass. Well, no, I was going to say. Oh fuck! You know what, Jerry? I'm with you. I need to get food before the curfew kicks in. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Raleigh and Mm -hmm. I mean, you're still doing better than they backed it to ten o'clock instead of eight o'clock, but it's still there. Curfew is still currently set at one p.m. That's gonna suck for them California Ugh. girls trying to get mm. sun. That's just draconian. Mm. So, for all our listeners out there, uh, thank you. I was glad to have you back uh, listening to us all, but I am going to bounce. So, you guys take care of yourselves. Be good out there. Be good to each other. And you guys take it easy. I'm going to get something to eat. All right. So, Gerald, Gerald's gonna jump. Same here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Betty White, you're here. Hey, 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 it's my turn. <laughs> <laughs> Someone turn on Soul Train. <laughs> well, well, does it does it help I'm doing the uh, the train motion? No, I've seen pictures of you. That no way helped at all. <laughs> That's fucked up. Well, I've also seen pictures of you, and uh, you know, I might not turn it down. Well, as a as a, one, as a 100% straight dude, I mean that's I that's flattering and all, but there's no accounting for taste. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it ain't gay Indeed. if Betty White is between the two. I don't so, know. Uh, oh. We we could do I a mean, Betty that sandwich. You know, osteoporosis is a thing. She gets shorter every year. There will come a point where you could Eiffel Tower Betty White and your dicks in touch. Well, the... <laughs> mm. well I mean, they'd have to do <laughs> Okay, I need food now. <laughs> hey, David, do me a favor. When you make this podcast split up, break this off and name it the Betty White Sex Accord. And I will then copy paste it and tw- tweet it at her and see what the hell she says. <laughs> well, I can tell you what Betty White's response will probably be. <laughs> Betty White edition. How, hard. There we go. <laughs> how many people are going to be involved? Because that will inform how much lube she needs to bring. 
probably I was, a five I was gallon 55, drum. But all right, I mean, five gallons is awfully <laughs> conservative. All right, I'm hanging. I'm heading out because Burger King closed in less than an hour. So oh. you guys have a good week or two or three weeks, depending on when David, David needs more content. I'm, I'm, all right, yeah. I'm you know going to white Betty. in the tower. What? What? I'm on Destiny. There are white supremacists in the tower. What do you mean? Well, apparently they updated the environment, so now you have, like, meteors streaking through the sky and shit. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, they've got people holding their left arm up, their right arm down, <laughs> kind of like... Like in shock, oh, yeah. but as you walk by them, it looks like they're doing sick. Yeah. So <laughs> you, Chewy, you missed out on the. It almost took two. It took almost two hours, and I I had just happened to log into Destiny and Sasha, um. Oh God! Sent me a party invite. So I was like, all right, I put, you know, plugged the headset into the controller. I was like, okay, you know, what's up? Oh, the event's happening. I was like, oh, shit. So the whole, uh, like, at the start of this season, the Almighty coming hurtling towards the last city, that event happened today. It took an over an hour and a half. So for over an hour and a half, Anybody who was on Destiny who wasn't doing Crucible, you know, PvE, whatever, they were at the tower looking at this giant fucking almighty coming at us. And it was about an hour into us looking at it that you started seeing like little sparkles go across the almighty, which w- it was assumed that was the almighty going through the asteroid belt between Mars and earth. And then at an hour and 40 minutes into it, those, well, no, actually, no, let me, let me go back. So a half hour into it, you see red lines being, coming from, I'm guessing, the direction of Mars, shooting towards the Almighty. Then, say, 50 minute, at the 50-minute mark, someone was like, oh, look down. So from Earth, there's other red lines. So it's like Missile Command now. There's lines going towards the Almighty. So then at the hour mark, you start seeing the sparkles which we assumed was the almighty going through the asteroid belt so at 15 minutes before everything finally fucking finished the sparkles intensified around the core of the almighty then there was a giant nuke explosion like everything went white and then over that next five minutes you see one of the wings of the almighty just slowly fly over to a mountain. And then there was another explode giant explosion and everything whited out. And yeah. So 
if you if you're at the tower now, go over to that crater next to Zabala. You should be able to get the emblem for it, for that thing. And uh, at On this point, crash site, Seraph yes. wings enabled. Yes. Yes. So, Nick, um, I'm glad to have you on the podcast. You had many, many, many oh, a good points. I'm sure this won't be the last time I'm um, invited on. Although, you know what? Never mind. I take that back. If you have any sense, this will be the last time I'm invited on. Uh, well, why? Uh, J- just just so you know, Nick, I was a combat engineer in the army. <laughs> so let so, how much sense do you think I have? I feel like answering that question would be showing my hand. Um, I mean, God, buddy, it is it is a number less than zero, but how significantly less than zero it is is up to debate. <laughs> Mm. so yes I, I I did join the army to be a roll in the mud ground pounder with explosives knowledge and thanks to Timothy McVeigh they don't teach uh, improvised at least those kind of Im- improvised explosives anymore at Sapper School mm. You know, this is a topic for another time. I feel like you're bringing this thing to a close. Just over two and a quarter hours late. Uh, eh, well, you know, every everyone was having such a good time talking about everything. And like I had said previously, um, my my comments would be in the devil's advocate uh, arena of all this stuff. As Chewie knows how uh, how I kind of do things. Well, I knew the whole. I'm glad I woke up. I'm glad I was here for the thing. Mm. Oh, for the end um, part of the conversation, because when it comes to the everybody's right and everybody's wrong. Right. Well, you're not you in, you're not incorrect. <laughs> you weren't in the situation. You don't have. It, it's kind of like I can't say I know what it's like to be a black man in America. Why? Because I'm Caucasian and six foot tall. Yes. No. I don't know what right. it's like to be a police officer in Baltimore. I never had those gentlemen's experiences and your experiences with your job and that what you do in your community influence how you react and that goes the same way with the community the influence the community and the interaction the community has with the cops mm-hmm. automatically instill in them how they react what fucking indeed and and as there a, was a, uh... a Netflix series mm. oh, it was right, about y'all. Detroit I hate to interrupt but I'm going to get out of here because the conversation has deviated from where it's supposed to be. 
It's supposed to be coming to an end anyway, and I got other shit to do tonight. <laughs> um, that's fine. So yeah, whenever you need more shit to record, let me know. Well, you're you've been added to the yeah. uh, to the Facebook chat, so when when you see a link pop up, you can feel you can feel free to join. Uh, normally, we start with reviews of the shows that we're watching, but since you were already there at three, that's why I was like, "All right, let's just go ahead and uh-huh. do this shit now." Well, I'll pay attention, try to keep up to speed. And uh, if you need anything specific talked about, let me know. And uh, hmm? we'll yeah, do. Have a good one. Ah. Later. All right. So I'm being attacked by my phone. So Nick out. So I will go oh. ahead and end this uh, on this note. And uh, Chewy, you were the one who said make this about Betty White. I will try to remember <laughs> to do that. Um, but at this point, everyone, everyone, if you're still listening, well, I mean, you're still going to listen because I'm going to split this into two episodes. Um, everybody be safe just because there's protests and riots doesn't mean that Rona ain't out there to get you so be safe wash your hands hell wear a friggin protective mask you can get them from the daggone army surplus store Um, just be safe Uh, We hope you've enjoyed this episode and we will see you again next week unless I post a bonus episode or something. I don't know. We'll see. (laughs) So everybody have a good one. Be safe.